Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Hello and welcome back to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and as always, sitting opposite me is Matt. Hello and welcome back indeed. Yes. Emphasis on welcome back. Welcome back. Hopefully this isn't your first time, but if it is, welcome. Welcome. If it isn't, welcome back. back. (laughs) We hope that you, if you, I shouldn't assume, I should say, if you listened to last our last podcast, our interview with Jake, uh, we hope that you got a lot out of it. And if you didn't listen to it, what are you doing? Yeah, we highly recommend you do. Go, go back and listen to it. Absolutely. So today is an interview with a fantastic lady named Lisa. Yes, very special young woman, this one. Absolutely. So again, um, sticking with the theme of Success Leaves Clues. Yes. This interview with Lisa, I think everyone is going to be able to relate to on different levels. Lisa is somebody who You has, certainly can. I, I can, definitely. Lisa is somebody who is uh, coming about a transformation from a different um, direction than most people, I assume, people would, if that makes sense. So, Matt, why don't you um, you train Lisa? So, why don't you talk a little bit about what you've managed to achieve with Lisa? Well, it's more a case of what Lisa's managed to achieve herself. And as as always, when it comes to uh, you and I coaching clients, like they do the work. Yes. Like it's not a case of oh, I've paid the money now. Where are the results? Like you're paying to have someone show you the shortest path to the destination. So Lisa's done all the work, but Lisa does come from a a different angle. But also, actually, no, I'm going to go back on that one. It really is just a different side of the same coin. It is a different side of the same coin, and I think it's more relatable than people give it credit for. Well, let's look at it this way: Lisa has had crippling anxiety yes. for a number of years now. Something that Courtney can definitely relate to. Yes. Uh, Courtney still has anxiety issues these days. Uh, I used to be totally shut down by it uh, at times when I was at my worst. And I think this can, this anxiety isn't talked about much. I suppose, honestly, mental health no. is not in general. Uh, but anxiety is often passed off as, oh, mate, you'll be right. Yeah. Like it's not all that You're bad. You're just stressed. Yeah. Get it, over it, it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's just almost um, devalued. Yeah, it is. When it really does hit you hard and when it hits you, as you know, Courtney, like you, everything, you, you look at everything differently. I think with anxiety as well, it's often devalued because the things that people, um, including myself, can get anxious about are things that seem inconsequential to other people. Yes. So that's why I think it's devalued a lot. Yep. Where... Obviously, to the person, it's not a silly little issue. So that's where I think that the the issues come in with understanding anxiety yep. um, and going forward from there. So not only, though, has Lisa come from a anxiety background, that she's also come from an underweight background. Yeah, yeah. So Lisa, Lisa has uh, had, still does have... Uh, a pattern in the past similar to what Courtney and I have had in terms of a poor relationship with food, yes, exercise, mental health struggles. It's just coming from the other end of the scale. Yes. But it's the exact same kind of struggle. However, as you will see, if you were, and I highly recommend this, go to the show notes page of this episode over at where, Courtney? The podcast, theweightlosspodcast.com. You sure about that one? <laughs> yes. I've only had it for two years now. Theweightlosspodcast.com. Yeah, you'll see the uh, the current progress photos for Lisa. Yes. So Lisa hasn't lost a massive amount of weight, but she's definitely made some incredible improvements to the stage where she now looks incredibly athletic, very lean and strong. But yes. the thing is, the photos only show so much. Yes. The uh, I would say the smile shows more than the muscles. Oh, I agree. 
I agree. And Lisa, of, and I've worked with a lot of people in my career, and Lisa's a very special one to me because she really typifies, as much as anyone I've ever met, what it means to change inside as well as outside. Mm. Because I, and we, I'm not going to give away too much, but in, in the interview you'll hear where we talk about the first time I actually met Lisa. And it was a very awkward first yes. meeting because her anxiety was at, at, at peak levels. Peak, yeah. And it was pretty easy to see. Uh, to where she is now, where she like she trains people herself. She's a, she's a PT herself now. She's a leader. Yes. A leader of women. Yes. And just the, the difference is unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely it is. So, Matt, you're obviously mentioned before you've uh, been – Lisa's trainer for how long now, roughly? Uh, about seven, eight months. Yep. And can you give us a little bit of quick sort of brief feedback in terms of obviously coming from a disordered eating history is disordered eating history, yep. whether that comes from overeating, undereating, insert, you know, issue here. Yep. So obviously if somebody is perceived as already being quote-unquote skinny – then, um, you know, but wants to sort of get better definition, you know, get have stronger. a better body shape. And confidence. And confidence. Obviously, then you just, you know, she wants to get stronger in the gym, so you just let her eat whatever she wants because she's skinny, right? <laughs> Not quite. So I want to just quickly start by saying, I guess it's easy to say what Lisa hasn't done to this stage because there are commonalities here with everyone that Courtney and I work with. So first thing I want to bring up is that the question of, of calories, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how many she started, how many calories she consumed at the start. I don't know how many she consumes right now, because once again, we haven't had to, because as always, numbers aren't the issue. I haven't asked her to weigh herself. Again, common thing there with all the people that we work with weight yes. isn't the actual issue it's it's a symptom of a problem what we have done is we've had to because everyone is their own individual I look at it like an individual Rubik's Cube they all start in different configurations and you're trying to get them to their optimal configuration so everyone has their their unique parts of the puzzle I guess you might say and anxiety was one of them for Lisa in terms of helping her get the confidence to go to the gym even just with her partner came mm -hmm. and then go to the gym by herself that's mm -hmm. a big step uh, alongside uh, helping to build her confidence is working within her body's limitations so much like all of us uh, Lisa has and has had niggles injuries injuries mm -hmm. so a very a very sensitive back right sensitive shoulders mm -hmm. where with, with Lisa in particular, Lisa's a lot like myself in that if you give her too much volume, her body pushes back fast and hard and in a very painful fashion. Mm. So Lisa, like a lot of people, myself included, uh, quality really does do more than quantity. So she's done minimal, and I do mean minimal, intense cardio. Mm -hmm. On her last program, leading up to the photos you'll see on the show notes page, she was doing one intense cardio session a week, which we've now taken away because yes. it's not needed right now. And the focus has been on structured strength training mm -hmm. and just general movement like, hey, love, get out of the house, go for a walk, go for a bike ride. Yeah. You know, be active, live an active life. Yeah. But don't smash yourself every time you go out. The intense training that she's done has been the weight sessions in the gym. Mm. So we started with three. Mm-hmm. And now she's on four. That's it. We just structure the exercises that, you know, her body agrees with. Yes. And that's where I've always gotten feedback from Lisa. She's really good with that. And in terms of giving feedback like, hey, this feels good. This feels terrible. This niggles me, whatever. And you just make adjustments as you do. Because you don't know everything going into it. No matter how smart well, you think you are. But you also don't know how everybody is going to respond no. to certain things. And experience does help in this case yes. where like, you know, like I've worked with so many people now where it's like, okay, I'm pretty comfortable going down this direction, this direction, that direction. And liaising with, with Travis, the her physio has helped a lot with that too. So mm. shout outs to our boy, Trav. Yes. Like where you and I are PTs and coaches, we don't know everything. No. 
So having having the right support network around us helps in this instance too. So it's really been a focus on on structured strength training, but the biggest thing with Lisa's program has been away from the gym in terms of the food she puts into her body. Uh, it is worth mentioning, like you know, diets don't work, and they don't fly around here with you and I. So it's always been from from day one with Lisa is encouraging her to really get a lot of color mm. into her food. And I'll make sure that there's a photo of some of the food she eats on the show notes page. Oh, that's a great idea. You've got to see the rainbows mm. that she puts into her body. Yes. You know, the reason I gave Lisa the green light to pick, pick and choose as she pleases with this is because I know that she can sustain it. Yes. Because if I say to Lisa, oh yeah, mate, look, your whole diet here is chicken and green beans. Like she's going to go the other direction pretty quickly. Yeah. Like most people, shockingly enough. Do. Yes. Yeah. So it's more like, well, let's not take things away. Let's get inclusive. Let's bulk up the variety of different nutrients and different nutrition sources, different colors. And then to really, you know, make her enjoy the taste of her food so she looks forward to eating it. And as a result, because she enjoys what she eats as staple foods, cravings, no. Emotional eating binges, no. I'm not saying it's easy, but because she likes what she eats on the regular, it's a lot easier to, you know, not go off the rails. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So anything more you want to add, Matt, before we jump into the interview? Uh, yeah, it's worth mentioning that, I mean, like like most, well, not most, like literally everyone that you and I work with, Courtney, like uh, Lisa's going through our, our online program called the Transformation Project. Yes. So that's where you know, Lisa has learnt and been educated. Yes. On the right way and the right amount to exercise because you know, exercise should be empowering. Yes. And you should have the confidence to go to any gym that you want. And she's uh, learning the ins and outs of what her food choices do for her. Because contrary to a lot of the bullshit diets and gimmicks out there that say, oh, you should have this and you shouldn't have that. That's not how this actually works. It's about finding a place for all the choices you wish to make. Mm. And where do they fit into a successful plan? So shout out to our sponsor, us, and our transformation project program. Uh, because we, like that's it works. Yes. So I reckon the only last thing I want to say here really is we should shut up and give you a chance to listen to this interview because the, the growth that this young woman has shown has been tremendous and I couldn't be any prouder of her. Yeah, it's just amazing. So listen, take a lot of information from this interview. I think that it applies to a lot of people. I agree. Yes. Enjoy. All right. I'm here. Courtney, you're here. I'm here. We're also joined by Lisa. Hello. Hello, how are you going? Good. And how are you guys? Excellent. I'm fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, we're, we're killing it as uh, as we tend to do. So firstly, Lisa, thank you for joining us. Um, just wanted to put out there that, that of all the people that, that like I've known in my career, Lisa's had a fantastic physical change, which you can see on the show notes page for the episode over at... Um, Theweightlosspodcast.com. Uh, thank you so much. Courtney, theweightlosspodcast.com. Uh, you'll see Lisa's had a, a tremendous physical improvement. She's lean, she's strong, she's athletic, she's capable. But the photos, I don't think even tell you half the story. The biggest change uh, that Lisa's gone through has been inside. And something that doesn't get spoken about a whole lot when we talk about you know, weight loss, change, transformation, etc., are the mental health battles that we go through of various mm. various uh, struggles and various, I suppose, levels of those struggles. Lisa uh, has struggled with anxiety over time uh, to the point where it has uh, worked against her a bit uh, over the years. Yep. But who better to, to give us the lowdown? Lisa, could you just start by telling us when did it hit? How did it hit? Um, it hit right on eighteen. So it came out of nowhere. I was going out with a group of friends to a nightclub for the first time. I was feeling a bit nervous on the night because I was going out with a group of people I didn't know, um, a bit worried about what I was wearing, things like that. 
and uh, saw a guy there that I'd seen previously, went up to talk to him and just out of nowhere I started feeling really sick and just wanted to go home. I'd only had one drink and I just said to my friend, I need to leave, I don't I don't feel good. Um, I was physically sick after that and I had no understanding of what had just happened. I knew it wasn't the drinks. I knew it wasn't something I'd eaten. I just felt really off um, and it just kind of rolled on from there and every situation, social situation, um, I started stressing out and I just didn't want to go out anymore. I didn't want to spend time with my friends and it was pretty crap really. Crippling by the sounds of it. Anymore. Yeah, it was. So you said making you sick. We're talking like physically ill? Yes. Yeah. And it was out mm. of nowhere. Really? So I didn't know it was coming. From, from, you've gone from who who you were to now yeah. this has hit you. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved going out with friends. Whenever I had the chance to go out with them, I was always there. I was always life of the party. And yeah, and then everything changed. And there was nothing leading up to it that sort of gave any indication that this was coming, just bang. Yep. Out of nowhere. And, okay. So you were 18 at the time. How old are you now? I'm 33. Okay. So uh, it happened a while ago, but uh, yes. you know, when, you, when you're an adult, at the time, at the time when this hit, um, you, you, what, you were studying, you were working? Um, just finished high school yep. and I was um, starting a TAFE course. Um, later on in the year um yep. yeah we into uh any we any exercise back then of any kind no i didn't like exercise i didn't like sport at school i loved art um yeah hated exercise <laughs> sounds familiar doesn't it courtney yeah he said i'm not good at art either <laughs> <laughs> So this uh, this anxiety strikes. Um, how did it affect you moving forward? Um, I had no social life anymore because every time a friend would ask me out, I, I'd find an excuse. You know, I've I've got homework to do, or you know, something's come up and I can't go. So I was a little hermit. I never wanted to long? go out anymore um, for about three years, I'd say. Yeah. Um, after a while, I think they started to stop asking me because they knew that I was going to say no. Yeah. Um, I never lost contact with them, but yeah, missed out you on a lot. Didn't see them much. No, no. So if it was so just, when... you know going to a friend's house, I might do that. But if there was any chance that it was a lot of people, no go. When was it diagnosed? Um, it was probably a few years later. Um, my brother-in-law put me in contact with his uncle. Um, uh, with a he was a psychologist, and um, yeah, I went and saw him a few times and. He helped me work out what was going on and ways to manage it, which was really good. Yeah, okay. So did it um, did it impact anything outside of social life? Did it impact like you leaving the house or doing your studies? Um, it definitely impacted my studies. Um, In what way? Yeah. I was around a lot of people that I didn't feel comfortable in the in the class um, and getting up and presenting um, was just terrifying. Um, yeah, just wasn't wasn't a great time. How old were you when you um, started getting into exercise? Um, ooh, maybe around thirty. Recently. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, twenty nine thirty, I'd say. Yeah, okay. So up until that point, after after you've, you've had your diagnosis, and there's there's a bit of a like a bit of a gap there until you start sort of getting yourself into the gym. Was mm-hmm. the anxiety under control? Would it rear its head up? Like, what would what, anything set you off? It was a lot better. Um, I th- it's hard to pinpoint what kind of brought it back. I feel like um, I had a long-distance relationship that was going quite well and my anxiety seemed to be quite good then. When that ended, I think the anxiety started to come back and I guess it wasn't so much – I kind of see it as maybe he was my security blanket. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say when it came back worse. Has it got anything? Would you say Sorry, this, Matt, 
after you caught me. It, so, no, you go. Has Courtney. it got anything, Lisa? Do you think there's any sort of relevance to your uh, personal self-esteem and your anxiety? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that would definitely have a big effect. Mm. Um, going out clubbing and worrying about what I was wearing, what people thought of my dancing, all that sort of stuff. That definitely affected it. And then maybe triggered back when your relationship broke up. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I even remember when I met Kane, I was having a pretty big anxiety attack trying to talk to him. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Kane, Kane being your, your current partner, who's yes. uh, a, a pretty special guy himself. He certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In every way you could possibly use the word special. <laughs> yeah. So um, back before your transformation, what are the sorts of things you wouldn't exercise? Had Would anything that you did sort of nutritionally to mask the anxiety that you would have? So a lot of people emotionally eat in certain uh, ways. Some people emotionally don't eat. Um Yep. Was there a certain uh, area you would go to? <laughs> when I was having an anxiety attack, um, I usually don't like to eat. Any any type of food just makes me feel yuck. But um, outside of that, I was massive, massive eater of junk food. I love chips. I love chocolate. I carried a bag of snacks wherever I went, <laughs> and that was, I suppose, a bit of a comfort food. <laughs> I was known as the skinny girl that had the snacks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So what would you say would have been the, the the lowest moment where you felt that this was really working against you or holding you back? Um, a couple of times in my last job, it was a pretty stressful job and I couldn't just, you know, walk away at the end of the day, come home and forget everything. I used to bring all that stress home with me and that really affected my relationship with Kane. Um, there was one point that I just got so down in the dumps and, and stressed about everything that he just kind of said, you know, you need to take some time out. And I just took that in the whole, in the, the worst way possible. Oh, my God, he wants to break up with me. Oh, my God, I've, I've got the worst job. And um, I somehow managed to get past that. And then it was probably about a year later that the stress of the job really took its toll on me. Um, that was definitely my lowest point. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to go to work on a Sunday. You know, at six o'clock, I started crying because I was that stressed out that I had to go back again. It, I just wanted to curl up in a ball and just sleep all day, every day, mm. and not have to deal with anything. Seems like stress is pretty good at feeding anxiety and vice versa. It definitely is. And then, you know, when you're stressed about your job, you can't do your job properly, but then you're stressed because you're not getting things done and it's just a roller coaster. It's, yeah, it's awful. Seems to sort of um, affect, affect your entire life, like every possible aspect of it. Yeah, it definitely did. So you had you had that moment. So Kane said, hey, Lisa, take a time out. Yeah. And you, you've taken it um, to the extreme. Yeah. Because that's what anxiety what did, does. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what did you do from there? Oh, um, the most recent time he said when he suggested that I needed to take some time out, maybe, you know, I needed a new job. Um, you know, this one was just causing so much stress and too many tears and affecting our relationship, affecting my social life. Why don't you try becoming a PT with me? Um, <laughs> that was because there's no stress there at all. No, and and the thought of not having a secure job and you know telling my family I'm I'm quitting this job that you think is awesome was just as scary because mm. I worried so much about what everyone else thought of me, what everyone thought I was doing. Um, yeah. So, what was your initial reaction to to the suggestion? Hey, Lisa, why don't you leave the security of a job and work for yourself? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> it's like this, great. This ain't gonna happen. Yeah, that's great. No, not a not a chance. No. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you um, in the gym by this time? Uh, yes. So I think I'd been training for a couple of months. Um, so I was very new to it. I had 
dabbled a little bit previously, but I'd never stuck to it for very long. It might have been a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and then I'd give it up for a while. What would make you give it up? Um, Just wasn't that interested. It it was more something that Kane wanted to do. I didn't really want to do it. So was it? It wasn't so much the anxiety, I suppose. Would you be saying then you didn't just have the reason to stick it out? Yeah, there was no reason. Very common, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, what what got you, I suppose, into the gym a bit more consistently? What what did you find that, that gave you the drive to start to build up what you were doing? Um. So I also have uh, long term back pain that. Um, was affecting my day-to-day life as well and Kane had suggested to me you know if you get into the gym that might help a little bit with your back it might help with your anxiety but I, I couldn't see the big picture that it would help with anxiety and I oh, I'll give it a go um, I also went and saw a specialist that was giving me exercises to do so that was kind of what was keeping me going for a while what sort of back condition do you have or did you have um, I don't have a, a, a specific name for it, <laughs> title for it. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of sciatica and, yep. um, a subluxation in, in the, the base of my spine. Mm-hmm. So a lot of lower back pain, it could be caused from just from bending over, getting out of bed just because there was no real trigger for it. And how would it affect you? Oh, I was in a lot of pain, a lot. Um, I became quite reliant on painkillers for it. It was easier just to, you know, take a pill than go see a specialist for it. Um, it affected a lot of things. There was, yeah, you know, like even this, sleeping. Social, so in terms of going out, sleep, yeah, sleeping, sitting down, yeah, walking? Yeah, going out, um, you know, I might not be able to stand for too long or I might not be able to sit for too long because it had started to hurt it. Um, it affected me at work when I went from um, a standing up job to a desk job all of a sudden there was all this pain from sitting down too long so yeah not good at all so did when you when you started getting into the gym was there was there any sort of fear of making it worse um to be honest I can't remember I think it 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 definitely did make it a little bit worse but you know as we've as I've learned sometimes you've got to go backwards a bit to move forward, um, and I was mm. reminded that a lot, so it somehow kept me going. <laughs> so when you were building yourself up in the gym, so you've mm-hmm. like it sounds like you've been given some incentive there to, to get in there because you know like Kane's come at you and said, "Hey, this could potentially alleviate some pain." Yep. And there's there's quality of life improvements there, which something else that I think is highly um, undervalued. Yes, it definitely is. In, in 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 the whole healthy lifestyle discussion, is it actually can you know improve your quality of living, especially for a young woman like yourself, where you've got you've got what you would consider a chronic back condition, and yeah. you're young. Yeah, and it shouldn't be like so, that. So <laughs> no, no, but you know, it, it, we're all we're all played different cards in life, aren't we? It's, yeah. Uh, it comes down to how we how we approach them, I suppose. Yeah. So, did your anxiety um, I suppose affect you you in the gym getting into a, a new lifestyle. Oops, sorry, I missed the end of that. Oh yeah, sorry. I just said with um, you getting into the gym, improving your lifestyle, etc. Did the anxiety affect that at all? Uh, when I first attempted going to the gym, it definitely did. Uh, that was when Kane was still working in a, um, a commercial gym. I was so worried about what I was wearing. I wouldn't go onto the gym floor unless I knew where he was. I didn't let him leave my sight. That was um, pretty scary. I was really worried about what faces I was pulling when I was trying to lift the weights. You know, was I was I looking stupid? Um, that was, yeah, pretty uncomfortable time. Then when I got into it um, a bit more consistently, uh, Kane had his own studio, so that was. Um, only a few clients and that was a lot more comfortable for me. Uh, I felt a lot safer. It was a much better environment. So you think uh, the the more sort of secure environment where you felt safe sort of helped helped improve how you handled the anxiety with being in the gym? Yeah, it did. So the environment plays people, a big role there? I think it did for me and being around 
um, people that were on a similar journey as well, I think helped a lot. You know, you go to a commercial gym and everyone's there doing different things and it was just too overwhelming for me. Mm. I think there's a there's a lot to be said about being around like-minded people and people you can identify with. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're all we're all different on on a number of levels, but when there's those sort of commonalities, I think even from my experience it can it can make things a bit easier to sort of grow into. Yeah. Well, I can. think I think that you're grown into it now. So, Lisa, could you walk into that same commercial gym now without Kane there? Yeah, without a doubt. I go quite often to the gym by myself now and I couldn't care less about what anyone else thinks. It's it's a good now, feeling. I that is that is incredible. Yeah. Because of just just hearing you say that I can sort of think about how empowering that is and how empowering yeah. that must be. But where what do you think has made the like how how has this come about? Because I just to share a story um, about you and I, Lisa, like Lisa and I, our first ever involvement together, Lisa wouldn't get out of the car to meet me. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa, uh, her, her partner Kane came for a meeting with myself and Lisa wouldn't leave the car to come in to say hello <laughs> because of how anxious she was, yeah. Kane told me, where now you've just spoken about where you'll happily walk into a, a big gym filled with people and you'll just go in there, no dramas, and smash it out. Yeah. How exactly does a, a young woman with this sort of anxiety go from, you know, like being terrified of the faces you'd make in a gym <laughs> To now not giving a fuck. How does this happen? Uh, it's been a it's been a long process. Um, taking small steps at a time, really. Um, what sort of small steps? You know, changing my food a little bit um, and getting in the gym and and lifting weights is it's slowly changed my body shape. And I think without me even realizing it, it's actually given me more confidence in myself. So I'm starting to love the person that I see. And so I'm not worried about what other people think so much. So you think it's, re- it's related to like a, an improvement in self-confidence? Yeah, definitely. So initially you get into the gym because there's the, there's the, the idea that this might be able to take away some, some pain and discomfort that I have in, in everyday life and that what that sort of grew from or grew from there. Yeah. Yeah. So without even thinking about how much it was improving my confidence and reducing my anxiety, just focusing on, you know, each training session at a time and each meal at a time. And I've slowly improved. But it also, but as, as we like to say so much, it starts with the reason. It doesn't, it really like you, you had a yeah. reason to, to invest the time and the effort. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the, in, in you know, leaving the, the comfort zone. Yeah. Which I love the comfort zone. <laughs> don't, we do don't all we love all. the comfort zone. Yeah. Now, Courtney, I want to bring you in on this one because you have mm. had anxiety struggles of your own. Can can you yeah, relate? Yeah, I, I think to some that of this for, for me as well, and I I'm not, I couldn't broadly say this because I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know. But I I think for me as well, a lot of my anxiety issues were wrapped up in my self confidence and and self worth as well, and I I think that that would be true for a lot of people that suffer from anxiety. It's it's a confidence, maybe not necessarily always in the way that you look, but it's a it's you're lacking in a confidence to do with some sort of area that's triggering then anxiety as a result of that. Um, so for me, it started off with the way that I looked and then also similar to Lisa, being anxious about looking silly, embarrassing myself, people's judgment on me, mm-hmm. things like that, and then once I started to change my body shape and, and be a lot more comfortable with the way that I looked, that became less and less of an issue. I wouldn't say that it's ever solved because I don't know if you can ever be solved from those issues completely, uh, but it's definitely um, helped it so much. But then um, my anxiety these days is triggered more from things not based around necessarily the way that I look, but other areas of my life that I may be not as confident in. So it might be something to do with my job or um, dealing with certain situations that come up to do with work or um, things like that, stress like that, like monetary stress, stresses like that are what trigger my anxiety these days. Um, So I think that there's just some sort of lacking in confidence somewhere in your life that can often be the trigger of anxiety. 
And as you spoke yeah. about earlier, Lisa, I think stress and anxiety go hand in hand a lot of the time. So they, my yeah, anxiety definitely. was never my symptoms of my anxiety was never the same as Lisa's. So I think that symptoms of anxiety can all be different as well. My symptoms of my anxiety would lead to me stressing out more and more and more and more to the point where um, I would, you know, just be debilitated by stress more so than anything else. Um, Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't physically feel ill or anything like that. I'd give myself headaches, but that's just because I was constantly overthinking. I would, it would affect my sleep because I was constantly overthinking and stressing sort of thing. So that's how my anxiety would manifest itself. Yeah, everyone's different in that way. But I think um, your um, your story, Lisa, is super important as well because it's not only showing that that a transformation can help with other areas of your life. But I think also from your starting point is really important because a lot of people would look at you when you in the past and say, oh, you're skinny. What have you got to worry about? Mm, But obviously you knew you were skinny, but there was still a part of your body shape that you weren't happy with. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So, and did you feel that judgment there that you should have been happy with it because you were skinny? Yes, Mm. a lot. Um, Yeah. Why? Why are you eating that? Why are you training? You don't need to. You look good. Look at you. And it's just like you know, there's there's more to it than that. But how'd that make you feel? uh, Pretty frustrated, Mm. really. Um. Yeah. In what way? why did why do they get to say you know if i want to do something that makes me happy why why should they get to say i shouldn't do that you know mm. i didn't understand it's a form of judgment yeah i didn't understand why why there was so much judgment around you know what i was eating or why i was training so initially as you said yourself you're you have the reason to to start and you you've done this in a step by step fashion as you said yeah you sort of I suppose, bitten off things um, in small bite-sized chunks. At what stage would you say that with the, the progress you were making, when did it sort of go away from I'm working to remove the pain and more towards, hey, this is actually helping me across the board. I want to see how far this goes. Ooh, um, it was probably the oh, start of last year that I started to really see a change in myself. Um, and what that, change was that? Sorry? What change was that that you saw? Um, more confidence and just overall being a happier person, which mm. was awesome. <laughs> and so that then changed your approach. What, what, what did you start to think then? Because if I, if I remember correctly, it might be a, a good little story here. If I remember what Kane used to tell me, you were starting to get into the gym, mm-hmm. but you were very, uh, I suppose you'd say, resistant mm-hmm. in terms of um, the habits you had away from the gym. Yep. When, like, what, what, at what stage do you then say to yourself, actually, I will address this? Um, probably one of the things that uh, Kane had mentioned to me was, you know, I, I was really enjoying. Um, going to the gym and lifting weights and stuff but they got to a point where if my food wasn't going to back up what I was doing in the gym it was I wasn't getting any progress and I think that was a bit of a trigger um my body was telling me that I needed to start eating better how was it telling you that uh I was getting hungrier a lot more um not you know um for the recovery after training um just yeah it's hard to it's hard to say exactly Mm. and so last year I suppose you started you said yourself you were starting to think a bit differently Mm -hmm. how did you start to approach things um oh I'm not sure now (laughs) what the difference are you you asking about what the difference (laughs) was is that well it's more just a case of like Lisa's gone from someone who initially got into the gym starts to do some training 
was resistant to changing mm. things away from the gym, which is very, very common, mm-hmm. as, as we can all agree on with people that want to mm-hmm. change and change their body shape. At, at what stage, Lisa, like what, what makes someone like yourself go from I'm pushing back on certain things that need to change to then going, oh, you know what, I'm going to do this? Probably because I started to feel better when I did make mm. improvements. And I yeah, got a okay. taste for it. And I'm like, you know what? Mm. I, I like this. I want more. I think that's ah, really common also. Yeah. Again, I don't like I'm not I'm not trying to generalize, but just like it's common as well for me and obviously for you, Lisa, as well, people that suffer from anxiety to f- have that gratifying feeling because often the things we're anxious about are mm-hmm. negative things. So looking silly and failing and you know messing up not doing a good job things like that so when you start to get those warm and fuzzy feelings it it can be then like a real game changer because you actually realize that oh this is what it feels like you know to do good things Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's it so lisa how do you how where you are now how would Mm -hmm. you relate um you know exercise, healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, how would you relate that to improving, you know, your mental health? Like is, is it is like to me the first thing I'm thinking of here is here's a woman who has gradually brought her anxiety and her mental health battles under control mm-hmm. or being more manageable you might yep. say. Would you say this has come about because you've gradually built yourself up into this new lifestyle? Yes, without a doubt biggest game changer isn't it um (laughs) isn't it interesting how so many like people in general rely on your traditional forms of medicine to heal where it seems like you've been healing uh in the gym and in the kitchen yes yeah sounds strange doesn't it well it doesn't to us but for a lot (laughs) of people it would sound very strange yes yeah and when it was proposed to me i just thought it sounded a bit far-fetched but oh yeah Mm. (laughs) Well, like I think all three of us can can really relate to that based on on where we've all come mm-hmm. from. Where it's easy for us to look at it now and go, "Oh, yeah, that makes total sense." Yeah. But back when we all first started, like it's it sounds. Crazy. I agree. Yeah, when I first started, it wasn't to help my anxiety levels or to help me in those sort of areas. It was just because I didn't like the way that I looked. And that's the thing, though, isn't it? Like uh, for a lot of people, you start with the way that you look, which I think is normal for for a lot of people that, that get started. Yeah. With a, with a new lifestyle change, but it then the improvements are then felt far beyond just the mirror. So, you know, we we can focus so much on the number on the scales or the number on the clothing tag, yet not many people will, will readily talk about how we feel in any given situation in life, how we handle relationships, how we handle friendships, yeah. how we handle our career, how we even talk to ourselves. So I think the three of us, and I'm, I'm sure Lisa, with with where you've come from, you can relate to this where when you're really in a deep hole, it's very easy to talk yourself out of things and give yourself reasons to not do things. And you get so afraid of a negative outcome. So what if X happens and X is terrible? (laughs) Yeah. And it's a lot different to, I know just from personal personal experience here now where I give myself reasons Mm. to do things. So with yourself, Lisa, like at the where are things now for you in terms of your life, your your anxiety management, your stress levels, where are you now versus when you were working in your previous job and you hated life? I'm a totally different person now. I'm happy all the time. I'm not stressed every day. I'm not hating myself and and everything. It's it's like black and white really. You are a yes. different person. That yeah. I can definitely agree on compared to the, the woman I first met. I think the same with you, Courtney, when, yeah. you, when you would have, you know, Lisa now versus when you first met her. I don't think Lisa wanted to meet me in the first place. I don't, I don't think I met Lisa for ages after everyone else had met Lisa. No. Yeah. Well, to be Obviously. fair, she had the right idea not meeting you. <laughs> so how do you how do you manage anxiety and stress now, Lisa? Does it still, does it still come up? Yeah, it does. Um, it it comes in a different form now. So it used to be a lot more about um, the social side of things, but it's more stress and when things aren't routine. So um, 
I've learned a lot from writing about it, things like that, what triggers it and being aware. So knowing when it's happening so I can, you know, take some time out. It might be I go do some cleaning because I, I get all this energy and I need to get it out or I might go for a walk and just take a moment, take some deep breaths and just understand what's happening, why it's happening and try and work through it. So those routines you've brought in, like you mentioned walking, cleaning, for example, did you just uh, experiment with them? Yeah, yep. Um, so a bit of trial and error. Trial and error, yeah, definitely. And taking note of of what's happening definitely prepares me for next time. So I'm more aware and I know what I can do in that situation. See, that's that's another thing that isn't spoken about a lot is the increased level of self-awareness. Yeah. That, that comes with with changing who we are and improving our lifestyles, your self-awareness clearly has gone to completely new levels because yeah. now you think about it and you think about yourself in a different way. Yeah, it's it's helped so much. And I think even other people around me being a bit more aware as well, I can say to them, you know, I'm, I'm freaking out and I, you know, this is why. It's very helpful. So you're prepared to talk about it more? Yes, yeah. That goes a long way, doesn't it? It does. It helps me. And if it helps someone else understand it a bit more, then I'm more than happy to share. Have you found in your experience so far that this this sort of side of a transformation doesn't get spoken about much? Yeah, it definitely doesn't. Everyone always just thinks, you know, the physical side of things is a transformation. And that's what I thought going into doing my own, but never thought of the the inside changes. Would you say the inside changes to you are even greater than the outside? Definitely are, without a doubt. So, what's the future for you? Like you, you know, you've 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 improved your self awareness, you've improved inside and outside. Where are you five, ten years from now? Ooh, uh, to be honest, I'm not sure of that. Ooh. I haven't I haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> short, short short term planner. Great question from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never been good at long term planning. Would there be um, would there be sort of like an optimism though for the future? Um, I'm not sure. I think with the confidence that you've gained as well, Lisa would think that. I think what Matt's saying is, do you think that like long term you can see yourself continuing to um, your anxiety continuing to get better and better and better to the point where you have to think about it less and less and less. You foresee that yeah, as a possibility. I'd agree with that. So I think sometimes when you when you yeah. got anxiety, you get caught in this situation where you think it's always going to be the same, and and you're always you're going to have to think about it forever and ever and ever and ever. But you've obviously got some optimism that hopefully yeah. it's already got way better, and it's just going to continue to get better. Yeah, for sure. Does it feel like you're in control? It does. Yeah. It, that's that's exciting. It is the most exciting, exciting part, actually. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because for, for a long time, I definitely wasn't feeling like that. In all areas? Yeah, I felt like, yeah, the anxiety definitely controlled everything. It made the rules. Mm. Ah, well said, it made the rules. Yeah. So how would you classify it now? I make the rules. <laughs> well, that was very well, like strong, that Lisa. I said very strong. <laughs> Thanks. That was. That, that was, was. Uh, an alpha female response, that one. Awesome. That was totally, that was totally alpha. I can't, I can't love that enough. So, Lisa, give us, um, give us your top five transformation tips based on your experience. What are your, your best five pearls of wisdom? Uh, definitely one would be don't compare yourself to others. I spent too long doing this and once I took the time to just focus on myself, it made everything so much easier. How do you get past that? Because that affects so many people. Um, I'd say it it took time. Um, With my training, I think writing things down, I think, helps a lot. Um, Like your thoughts? Yeah, writing my thoughts and even, you know, just on my specific training days, I'll, I'll write how my session went and looking back on that and just comparing myself to, you know, last week, even you know, or a month ago, don't worry about what that other person next to you is doing. Nice. All right. Yeah. One, number two. Two, 
Uh, celebrate the little wins. Nice. Um, I think a lot of us forget to do that. It it's it's easy to forget all those little all those little steps that you've taken to get where you are, but they're just as important as the big picture. Yes. Well, those um those little steps create the big picture, exactly. don't they? Exactly. Yeah. And you've you've had so many little steps along the way and so many little wins. Yeah. Uh, at what point, like, when did you realize that? When did that hit you? Um. It was probably probably a year ago or more. Um, I was probably focusing so much on how much I was lifting in the gym or things like that. But then when you take a moment to think of, you know, my, my back pain's a whole lot better than it was, you know, six months ago. I'm like, hang on a second. That's, that's yeah. a pretty big step. Yeah. Yeah, love that. All right, number three. Um, remember that it's okay to make mistakes. Lisa, are you stealing yes. my, my tips? Did you I take my tips? tips. <laughs> <laughs> I did not take your tips. <laughs> These are great tips. All right, sorry, keep going. Number three. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I have made so many mistakes along the way and, you know, at the time you get so caught up and, you know, annoyed at yourself for making them but when you look back at what it's done for you, it's it's helped me grow, it's helped me learn, it's it's okay to make them. It's going to make you better. Uh, I, I can't I, actually agree yeah, with that. I don't know what to say. Like, that's a that's a that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a so mic drop moment. We'll just, we'll just leave that as it is because it's perfect. And moving on to number four. <laughs> cool. Um, take time out for yourself. So something that I didn't do very often, and Matt and Kane got onto me about this that you need to take time out just to to switch off and not worry about everything else around you. So something I like to do is I like to draw or I like to go and just sit outside and sit in the sun. Nice. It's little things, but, yeah, taking time out is important. I, I couldn't agree more with that because it is a, it's a mental recharge yep. as well as a physical recharge mm-hmm. and an emotional recharge. It's uh, Yeah, that's, that's so well said. And yet how often do people feel guilty about that? Yeah, all the mm-hmm. time. Especially, um, you know, a lot of families. Like we're not, families. not allowed to do it. Yeah. We do think awesome. that. Awesome. All right. And lucky last, number five. Surround, your, surround yourself with like-minded people. So one of the best things I did was when I decided that I wanted to start training and eating better was surrounding myself with other trainers and other people that were on the similar journeys to me because everyone's there to support each other. And it's great. It's a great feeling. What do you think when people say to you they can do it by themselves? You've got to get someone. You, you've got to get some other people to support you. Get a support network. It's too hard to go it alone. Mm. You might even say it's impossible. I reckon. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's hard enough as it is. Yeah. Let alone doing it doing it on your own. Yeah. Who do you lean on when when times get tough? You know, you've, you Which need they, someone. They do inevitably, don't they? Yeah. I suppose for you as well, like it's it's, it's worth mentioning, like you, you said it yourself, when times get tough, like this hasn't been a straight shot for you. No. It's, you know, you've had, you've had plenty of ups and downs. Yeah, heaps of ups and downs. And more to come. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but, but I'm I think, more prepared I, I think now. you've really nailed this, but <laughs> you are. And I think as well, your the, the approach, especially to accepting mistakes and the way that you, you frame and look at them is so critical. Yeah. People tend to really associate mistakes with failure. I've made a mistake, mm. thus I failed. Yeah. Where I, I, you ladies told me what you think, where I would say you've failed if you've not learned from mm. your mistake. Yes. I agree. Yeah. And I think for a well, long time, the anxiety. After you, Lisa? Sorry. No. <laughs> I think for a long time, the anxiety was um, playing a part on, you know, if you made a mistake and it just got in your head, you know, you made a mistake, you made a mistake, you made a mistake. But getting past that now because I think as well with the anxiety sorry yeah, Matt, think, is that not only do you make the mistake right. though that then it gets in your head that you've disappointed someone or you've upset someone yep. or someone's going to be upset with you so I think then that plays into your mind and it just snowballs out from there as well mm-hmm. I know with with myself when I was uh at my worst anytime I make a mistake I wouldn't be so concerned with disappointing other people. It would just feed into my inferiority mm. complex. Uh-huh. So this, this is why you're shit. 
this is why you're fat. This is why your life is like it is because you fuck mm. things up all the time. So I think it manifests itself in different ways depending on, you know, the way you feel anxiety or stress. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it can mean different things for everyone. But, yeah, I think that it's such a great point just to say if you can learn to embrace mistakes and know that they're not a mm-hmm. personal failure that and don't take it as a personal failure. Yeah. That and you growth can opportunities. Grow. But also this I, I couldn't agree more. I think with with mental health and the way that we, we view ourselves, the way we talk to ourselves, it does it does mm. affect everyone differently. Yeah. And as as we spoke about the three of us here just chatting, like it's there's no blanket no. solution to no. this. Like for example, where Lisa Lisa as part of her routine to unwind for example, goes and cleans. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't think. I, yeah, no, I couldn't no think of anything worse to do when I'm anxious. <laughs> Where I'll I'll go I'll go play a video game, but there's no right or wrong here, is there? No. It's it's you you have to experiment to find what, what helps works. to sort of you know uh, yeah. What, well, it's what no different to the fact you. that everyone has different triggers as well for their anxiety, mm-hmm. so everyone's then therefore going to have different ways of dealing with it, but. I think the biggest thing as well to come out of your story, Lisa, should be just that not only that, which is just not to judge a book by its cover, really. I think you're like yeah, you're like the poster child for that because not <laughs> only do people look at you and wouldn't know the mental transformation that you've had, they also look at yep. you and don't understand why you would have need to transform your body in the first place, which – or yeah. wanted to, or wanted which is to. just again, it's it's the wrong way to think about things. It it doesn't matter what side someone is. If someone's unhappy with the way that they look, they they have every right to want to look better. And I just think that yeah. these days there's yeah. a perception that as long as you're skinny, you're happy, and it's just mm-hmm. not the case. So and it's the same thing Stop. with if somebody's you know smiles, then they can't be depressed or as long as somebody's turning up to work every day and functioning as a as an adult they haven't got any sort of mental health issues and it's um Mm -hmm. it's just a perception that I think as you said earlier on no one talks not enough people talk about until something bad happens no one really ever wants to talk about it no one wants to acknowledge it but everybody wants to have their own opinions and point fingers so I think your story is so important for, for that reason thank you uh, I, how do you, how do you, how do you top that? Like, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. So I, I reckon, uh, I reckon we'll wrap that up. Girls. Good job, Lisa. You got through it. Um, yes. I, Thank you. You, you. you did get through it. Um, I'll just, I'll just say one thing, Lisa, like of, uh, of all the people I've been associated with in my life, the improvements that you've made have been up there with the most impressive I've ever seen. Thank you especially compared to the woman that I first met. Um, so I couldn't be any more proud of you. You're a fucking champion. Thanks, Matt. And I think um, I think just keep keep talking, keep showing what you're doing because I think mental health awareness when it comes to weight loss, weight gain, transformation, whatever, it's, it's criminally under-discussed. Yeah, it is. So please, by all means, keep, keep doing mm-hmm. you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well done. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Well, that was fantastic. That was a fantastic interview. So really hoping you got a lot out of that. Yes. I would encourage you to shoot us an email at where, Courtney? At podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. You almost dropped the ball on that one, didn't you? (laughs) I did have to think about it for a second. Just for a second, yeah. Complaints go to matt at theweightlosspodcast.com. I see what you're doing there. I know what's up. Yeah, podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. We would love to get your feedback on the season so far. Yes. Uh, or anything really in terms of how you're going yourself or anything you'd like to see from us in the future. Yeah, absolutely. We just love talking to you. Yeah, and just any feedback on Lisa's interview and how it might have just flicked a couple of light bulbs in your life. Yeah, where can you relate to that? Let us know. Mm-hmm. So thank you. That is making it. it this far. That's it for another episode. Yes. There's more coming. Yes, there is. Stay tuned for next week. Take care. We'll speak to you soon. Bye.
Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 